This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. We really are being reactive. And so not letting the capacity challenges dictate what we're doing, that we have to go out there and predicate what we want care to look like and then create the access. It just paints the picture that this constellation of dots that are out there, we have to connect them in some way. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Duran. I have a fun and unique opportunity today. We're at our executive summit in Chicago, and I grabbed three great, smart, engaged members to try and share their reactions. We're the end of day one, and I want to hear how some of the themes that we've teed up, some of the concepts, frameworks, examples we heard today resonate with these three different organizations. So I have Jason Chang, who's the president of the Innovation Institute from Queens Health in Hawaii. I asked Neil Richardson to join us, who's the board chair at FHN in Freeport, Illinois, and Amy Dwayne, who's the VP of Growth and Partnerships at Health Partners in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you all so, so much for joining today. And it's extra fun because we get to do it in person, which our listeners may not realize doesn't happen all that much. So it's really a treat for me. Amy, I'm going to go to you first because we set up the day right now for health systems. The big challenge is balance. What balancing acts at health partners are the toughest, are taking up the most of your time, do you think are really going to determine your degree of success in the near term? There are so many juggling acts that we're practicing with today. And so balance really does hit home for the topic of this summit. And when I think about us as an organization, we are a health plan as well as a provider of care in both very significant portions. We really do have to balance every day. When I think about as a provider, largely really looking at optimizing efficiency, continued work on our integrations over time and getting the most out of our fixed infrastructure is top of mind, first and foremost. Secondary to that, it really does come down to creating the access that's needed today. The cup overfloweth when it comes to demand and that continues. And we are an organization that has a very lean distribution of specialty care and acute care. So with such a tremendous investment in primary care, how do we make sure that we're being able to continue to deliver the value across all of our patients' needs, at least to the extent that it makes sense and it's appropriate. And then identifying where we should partner, because as we've talked about today and everybody here knows is that you can't be everything to everybody for continuity and quality and just our own financial viability. We need to make those really important decisions. Jason, how's that similar or different? It's really interesting. So I just appreciate being here because we are in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And to hear the themes that everyone's talking about, it makes you feel that you're not all by yourself. So balancing is... You're not on an island. But you are. (laughs) But we are. And we feel that way a lot of times because things in Hawaii seem to be slightly different when it comes to the adoption of technology and the rate of just mainstream changes and how fast it takes to get to Hawaii. But to hear everyone talk about trying to balance sustainability and the ability to grow at the same time, it's hard because there are capital constraints that are holding us back. And so we don't get to spend the dollar in the place that we want to every day. The last three years have put such a tremendous amount of strain on our communities and our healthcare community in particular that we have so many private practice physicians, large groups that want to be employed now. We have independent small hospitals that were just 
plugging along, but now all of a sudden they're distressed and they're going to go out of business. So they're reaching out to Queens to save them. And that is such a challenge because we want to be good stewards. We want to take care of our community. Our mission goes back 164 years and we were founded by our king and our queen because 70% of the native Hawaiian population had died because of pandemic. So we're putting ourselves in the footsteps of our founders trying to do the right thing, but the constraints are just so difficult. And so balancing and listening to everyone talk about what they're doing, it made us feel good about the efforts that we're making. That's great to hear. And Neil, you're the board chair at an independent hospital, not in Hawaii, in Northwest Illinois. What do you feel like the biggest balances that you're hearing from the leadership team and that you've been asked to weigh in on make decisions about recently? Amy and Rich had a number of them. But we really look at it, as I see, balancing the financial for the services, for the demographics we have to serve, and then also from a facility standpoint. We have an older facility that continually is needing some upgrades or maintenance on it, and that, with the current financial situation, creates some struggles. You mentioned partnering with other places where we can share services that we don't have the ability to support on our own. Reimbursement is probably another area that is close to home for all of us, too, is as the margins tighten up. Viability is increasingly important and focusing on those areas where you can still eke out some profitable returns while knowing that you're here, at least for nonprofit healthcare, to serve a greater population. The one thing that really stuck out to me was hearing them talk about not letting capacity dictate the way that we have to take care of patients. We've been running over our capacity, 105% in two of my hospitals and have 30 patients waiting in the emergency department for bed every morning at three of my hospitals. And we think about the experience and what do we have to do? And everything is very reactive. We're investing in technology. We're changing the way we do things bed huddles, multidisciplinary rounds. We heard command center get talked about. We've just made an investment in a GE command center. It's a partnership to bring in that technology to give us real-time information, but we really are being reactive. And so not letting the capacity challenges dictate what we're doing, that we have to go out there and predicate what we want care to look like and then create the access. It just paints the picture that this constellation of dots that are out there, we have to connect them in some way. And technology is part of that. The growth is part of it. The constraints, the financial pressures that we have. We're balancing more than just two things. It's Many not just a teeter-totter. Many levers that we have to pull. <laughs> yeah, this is like a multi-pronged teeter-totter they're trying to figure out how to balance. Neil, I'm going to go to you now because you're not your average board chair. You've been there a while. You were involved before. You have clinicians in the family. So you have a pretty good lens into what's been going on now and what may go on in the future at FHN. What's something you heard today that you said, wow, that's different than the way we're tackling that problem? It's the leakage from the physicians, something that we had looked at as far as those internal referrals. It's something that we might have gotten lost in a little bit from the COVID and stepped back from looking at that. And that's something that I think we need to come back and look at that and see if it's still at the same level as it was before and how we can make sure that that's happening. Sure, challenge those old assumptions and patterns we were used to. 
Amy, how about you? There were a lot of nuggets that I think were important for me today. One was actually near the end of the day, and that was just the information that was shared briefly, but really could be a pretty meaty topic in the future, which is around the virtual nursing unit. I guess I hadn't really heard of much of that happening, and I see a lot of opportunity for that. Just the quality of life for our nurses and our clinical teams in the hospital is really hard right now. Exploring that further would be great. The other thing is the climate shifts and thinking about the long game, making sure that continues to be top of mind and that you have some meaty plans going forward, or at least woven into discussions going forward so that you can make sure the right folks are aware and continuing to think about that. Two things that you both hit on, Neil, the network adequacy is hugely important to us. So our medical group grew to 700 from about 350 pre-pandemic to post. These are these opportunities of private practice physicians that wanted to be employed. What we did not do is standardize the way they're taking care of patients, standardize the way that they set up their appointment times, standardize the way that they communicate the results back with their patients. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And so the other piece is the network adequacy. Keepage leakage is part of the financial model of sustainability. And when you have a group that's historically used to sending all of their surgeries to one surgeon who doesn't happen to be part of our group, it's going outside of the network. The financial model, when we look at these tight margins, where are the opportunities? That's one of those areas that you got to do it with technology. You have to do it with some transparency. We have to have difficult or crucial conversations with our medical staff that because you're coming onto this ship and we're going to be all part of one canoe, that the rules have to change a little bit. And it's not all one-sided, but we're doing this as a team now. That's one really important piece that has been a reality and now something that we're very focused on. We are really struggling with our workforce too. And I think the unintended consequence that happened over the past year and a half is we hired every new grad that came out of nursing school. And that shut off the lifeline to all of our post-acute providers. Now, all of a sudden, they have blocked beds. They can't get our patients in in time. And you start to see the downstream effect of length of stay and other challenges related to that. Thinking about things differently. So can we use technology to help? Virtual nursing is one of them that we are trying to understand and make sure that we do it in, I think, a really financially responsible way. We're looking at other technologies that can help people practice at top of license. Things that we're trying to do slightly differently or surprising to us. This isn't just a Hawaii issue that everyone else is trying to tackle in the same way. And I look to our peers in the future to help provide best practices on things that they've learned over time. Jason, right back to you. Anything else you heard that was surprising? It could be because you expected the punchline to be different or you didn't expect an organization like that to be having success in that area. What's something surprising from today? The discussion around the disruptors is a really eye-opening one. Hawaii historically has been really insulated from a lot of these major companies. We don't have big Optum presence. We don't have a lot of United Healthcare presence. But recently, some of these entities, Agilon has stepped into Hawaii. And that's surprising to us because we try to understand, so what is the power play? Why do you want to be in this market? When we think about things, we've always been relatively conservative. We're the big player. We have the most market share. We have the relationships with the medical staff. People believe that Hawaii-grown, Hawaii-provided is a good thing, and they know that there's a lot of Trojan horses that are trying to come into our communities, and so they're leery of those things. All of a sudden, you're starting to see these disruptors come in, and they do it different. They do it in ways that appeal to the consumer. They do it in ways that are outside of our control. Having the conversation about the different ways that the disruptors are going to come in and potentially disrupt our markets or take market share away or change the importance of our health system to our community, those are just hugely important things to think about. One of the things that comes top of mind when you bring up 
all of that in terms of the disruptors, Jason, is that we're serving ourselves in inherently different ways. An organization like a nonprofit is set up to help support a bigger purpose than some of these for-profit entities. And it does surprise me that there's still so many people that really don't understand. We do it for shareholder incentives and compensation versus we do it because it's the right thing to do so that we can reinvest back into our organizations as a nonprofit to continue to deliver care to a broader purpose or a broader set of principles. And I worry that nonprofits seem to have a punitive stick over their head from a regulatory perspective, whereas independent and for-profit entities really don't have that. They're not held to the same expectations and the same criteria, which are expensive and decreasingly helpful from a fiscal purpose. Well said. Neil, anything you heard today that surprised you? Really, the issue of climate, the long-term issues that are going to happen, not only to the practice, but think again to the facilities. How are our facilities going to need to change? What are going to be the new services that we're going to need to provide or discontinue going down in the future? That was something that just wasn't top of mind. Probably would say it wasn't even middle of mind. Just not sure where it's going to go. Having the capital to reinvest in your core, your lifeblood, to be able to continue to see all the people coming to your door is really challenging with such decreasing margins. Thank you all so, so much. That was great. Thanks for sharing some of what hopefully you were expecting to get here and why you showed up and what you're going to take back to your own organizations. Thanks for sharing it with our listeners and thanks for sharing your perspective here on SG2 Perspectives. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us and or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at SG2 Healthcare. And if you want to talk more about innovative healthcare strategies, you can always email me at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Finally, SG2 is a Vizient company, and there are a bunch of Vizient podcasts that you might like. You can find them at Vizient backslash podcasts. Have a great day.